Hi guys, Candace here. So glad to get to spend a little bit of time with you today on The Good Day. Here, we'll focus on finding grace in our ordinary days. We'll learn good days don't just happen. And even more, a good life doesn't just happen. There's a choice involved. Join me as we learn how to develop the discipline and cultivate a heart that seeks strength, joy, and peace and finds rest in the good day, one day at a time. Today, my friend Karis Snyder is joining us. Welcome, Karis. We are so glad you're here. So tell yeah, us, having me. Yeah. So tell us just a little bit about yourself. You know, who do you spend your days with? Where do you spend them? What do you like to do? Just so we can all get to know you a little bit better. Absolutely. So I live in Coleman, Alabama, small town where I am. We've been here probably about 11 or 12 years. And um, we moved here back in 2011, and it was the greatest thing that my husband and I, I think, did. Um, I have two daughters. I have a daughter who is 14 and in high school, which blows my mind. And then I have a daughter. Um, she is 10. And uh, my husband and I, we've been married for 19 years. And we have a little mini golden doodle. If any of you out there have dogs, and if you have a golden doodle, you get when I say he acts like a human, um, <laughs> love him. We love Cooper hash Brown oh. and uh, yeah, you'll find me around Coleman. A lot of times hanging out in a local coffee shop, um, or taking walks outside, or if I'm honest on Sunday afternoons, taking a nap after church is going to be my favorite thing. Me too. You're speaking my love language <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Two o'clock it's nap time on Sunday. But, well, I'm curious. Okay, so knowing that you're from Alabama, are you big Bama fans? So we are roll tide. Yeah. Uh, I hope that does not turn anyone off. I actually <laughs> uh, graduated from the University of Alabama with a child development degree. And my husband graduated from Alabama as well with a marketing degree. So we kind of like it's in us, you know, it's a part of us. But I will say this, my daughter, my oldest, she uh, is an equestrian rider. She loves to ride horses. And if anyone follows Auburn's equestrian program, they are like number one in the nation. They are, it's unbelievable. So she asks us all the time, hey, are you going <laughs> to look at Auburn? And we're like, if you get a scholarship, we might be open, but no, <laughs> the Lord wanted her to go, but their program there is, I mean, it's unbelievable what they do there with their horse, horses and their team. So we are true and true Alabama fans. Well, that's so funny. And it's funny that it like elephants are like seeping into all areas of your life, not just your alma mater, but you have written several books now. Um, and we're going to dive into each one of those today. Um, but Knowing that your background is with early childhood development, um, that you really do serve all ages, but you mo most of your life is centered on helping kids, specifically with overcoming anxiety. And your books are called Anxiety Elephants, um, and that there's an elephant on my chest. And I just think that that's such a powerful image, um, one to help us understand what is this that I'm experiencing, but we're going to get into all of that. But I'm really glad that you're on the show right now because we're in this season of understanding how do we experience God's peace. And right now we're kind of venturing into this mini series on how do we help our kids experience God's peace. And so to start us out, 
Can you just tell us where or how was this passion born within you and was anxiety part of your personal story? Yeah, I love that question. How is this passion born? I've never had that stated in that way, but it was born out of pain, out of a difficult situation. Um, Anxiety and depression almost took my life about 13 years ago. I was a leader within the church, living, you know, it appeared to be a great, amazing life. Uh, My husband and I were worship leaders. I had a successful business. On the outside, it appeared great, but on the inside, I was being crushed by these heavy feelings, these heavy weights on my chest. My heart would race. I felt breathless. My thoughts would just run rampant at night, you know, of all the what ifs, all the worst case scenarios, and I just could not sleep at night. And instead of asking for help, instead of letting people in, I pushed it down. I hid it out of shame, out of embarrassment, out of fear of rejection, and honestly, out of the concern that I might experience the same feedback that I gave others. Because at at one point, early on as an adult, I didn't think anxiety or depression were real. And so I would meet people with the words of try harder, pray harder, read your Bible more, trust God more, suck it up, buttercup. And that is just not the compassion of Jesus. And so it led me to a really dark place. And and at the bottom of that pit where I thought I was worthless, hopeless, and useless, God lifted my head and said, hey, you are hopeful, purposeful, and you are useful. And as he began to heal and restore me, He reminded me that others felt alone. They needed to know that there was hope, that he was not mad at them. He had a purpose and a plan for them. And as God began to give me this passion to speak and to write, he brought me back to when I was a kid, to when I was six and seven years old and I was picked on, I was bullied. I have a mild form of cerebral palsy in my left side. And uh, that's where it began for me. I I I was kind of set apart from others because I looked different. I was rejected. I was made fun of, and it made me very self-conscious and, and filled with that embarrassment. But I didn't tell anyone, so I started early on with those negative coping skills of pushing down, hide it, put myself all in schoolwork where I thought I could be perfect, where I thought I could control. And uh, that led me down this road of, of where I found myself dealing with all this anxiety but not knowing how to respond to it. Because, you know, we didn't talk about it back then. We didn't deal with it. And I grew up in a, in a Christian home. We went to church. I came to know Jesus early on in my life, but I didn't know how to deal with the struggles. I didn't know that I could bring them to him instead of running away from him. Mm-hmm. Well, and it is, it's so very important. And it, we do see that a lot of it starts early on. And I get the privilege of leading a small group of young girls and they're freshmen in high school now, um, which is crazy to me, but, you know, I've been honored to walk with them since they were in seventh grade, and it truly has been just eye-opening to see the very adult um, challenges that they are facing, and things that I didn't face at their age, and it wasn't too terribly long ago, you know, um, but I have a few thoughts on this, but I'm just eager to hear your take on it. Like, why do you believe anxiety is so prevalent among tweens right now. Yeah, so and if, for anyone that hears that word tween, in the publishing world, that is considered an 8 to 12-year-old, a 9 to 12-year-old. 
old. And then, like you said, you've got your teenage girl and boys. But these are my thoughts and opinions, and I hope that you share yours too. But I think, first of all, that they are bombarded with pressure to perform. They see on social media these highlight reels, these filtered pictures, and they compare their behind the scenes to those highlight reels. And so they feel like they're never going to measure up. They're never going to be enough. The world's uh, goalposts are always moving. So they make it. And then they got to keep going to be accepted, to be loved, because they're chasing that acceptance and that love. I think that's part of it. I think that their their brains are being bombarded with information 24-7, and we weren't created for that. We need breaks. We need rest. We need margin. And they are, are their schedules, if I look at my schedule as a mom, is filled with their schedule. There are so, you know, they feel like they've got to constantly be doing right and going. And so they are getting into this place of being busy and it doesn't allow their brains to process, to deal with emotion. So I think those are a couple of things I, I honestly do. If queens are listening, if teens are listening, I say this out of love. I think social media has a huge part in the anxiety that they're dealing with. Um, the world events that they're constantly seeing the tragedies that are happening. Um, it, it's hard for even us to process and to comprehend. And then also, I think their identity is being confused. They don't know who they are. They don't know what they're supposed to think. They, they don't know truth. They don't know the real truth. So they're, they're getting caught up in these confusing messages and and that can feel overwhelming inside that can cause anxiety inside and I know that may be a big answer but I think many of those things play a huge role in their anxiety I would love to hear hear what you think too well I would just echo everything that you've said and specifically like really seeing a lot with the confusion of identity um you know that they're coming to us and saying you know this is what we're seeing at school this is what a new behavior, you know, that a friend is now, you know, choosing to act like or, you know, everything. And it's just recognizing and that's how we're explaining it to them is that the identity that there's a lot of confusion. And, you know, we even at one point, um, seventh grade girls, you know, we're just telling them girls like this is a battlefield. If you can make it through this season, and you can make it through high school, you really can make it through anything. <laughs> the enemy is truly attacking um, our youth right now because um, he knows if he can get a foothold and then right now and make them doubt their identity right now, then he has room <laughs> to keep going and, and to destroy. And kind of like you said, it wasn't until your 20s and then you were at this pivotal place um, that something had to change or, you know, it, you weren't going to be able to move forward. And, you know, we're seeing that. We're seeing, um, unfortunately, we're seeing even suicide in middle schoolers. And, um, you know, and it's it's hard. It's so hard and it's so sad and it's tragic. And it's, you know, recognizing that the enemy is, he is on prowl to kill, steal, and destroy. And, um primary attacker it seems right now is on our kids I agree with that and you know when you said battlefield Mm -hmm. 
I never really truly realized, you know, we, we always quote the verse, train up a child in the way they should go. Mm-hmm. But when you train, you're preparing them not to live in a bubble. We are preparing them, like you said, for a battlefield. Um, they're not, as, as much as I wish I could refer to my daughters as babies, they may feel like babies, but they're warriors. Yeah. And we have to prepare them for those battles and the enemy is very sneaky. Mm-hmm. He comes around and he looks like, you know, this shiny object to them. It looks very inviting. It's you know, kind of wipe it off. It's almost too late at that point. And so they need us speaking that truth to them. A lot of social media companies, you know, on our children's pages, explorer pages or on their feeds. You can see things that we as adults don't see. Because sometimes we may naively think, oh, they're they're seeing the same thing that I am, but they're not. They're being targeted intentionally because these social media companies know they can get around parents because these kids, these teens are scrolling when we're not there. So if we're not having those hard conversations with them first, building those foundation blocks first and even saying with them up front, look, this is going to be awkward. We're probably going to laugh or we may yell and argue through this, but I want to prepare you. I want to equip you for the battles that you're going to face that, that we never did. And, and we did it. And we need to acknowledge that this is a hard season for them. But I love how you said it. If they can get through high school, mm-hmm. if they can make it through these years, mm-hmm. man, they're going to be unstoppable. Right. Absolutely. And something that you're just talking about um, is just how do we help parents, you know, and like kind of coaching them. How do they have these conversations? And in your book, um, Anxiety Elephants for Tweens, you have one for boys and for girls. I have the boys one here with me. Um, But um, how do be curious to learn just how do boys and girls process anxiety differently and then also for the parent or the guardian who is listening, like what symptoms could they start to look for um, in a son or a daughter? Um, and how might they approach it differently based on the gender? Do you have any thoughts yeah. on that? Sure. So when I wrote the um, Anxiety Elephant for Tweens, I did a survey mm-hmm. asking the tweens, you know, how do you feel when you feel anxious? What are some things you feel? What are some things that you do? Very interesting to me, in the survey that I did, the girls and boys answers were quite similar. Um, a few things that were different, for example, for a lot of them, when they feel overly anxious or they're having those anxious thoughts or feelings, they would have um, uncontrollable emotional outbursts. The girls typically said their outbursts were very much where they would just burst into tears there's really no way they they could explain why. It would just be just this kind of feel of sadness. And these tears are just felt overwhelming. For the boys, however, they said their out, emotional outbursts felt more like they felt very angry and felt like they needed to to hit or to, to push or to, you know, yell or, or kick something. So that was one difference. Um, boys, when they would feel anxious, they would feel like kind of fidgety, like they had to move all the time, like they just couldn't really focus on their schoolwork, focus on if it was a sport or another extracurricular activity. Um, a couple of things that were similar that I saw between those boys and girls, they tended to want to isolate and pull away. Uh, they would feel those symptoms of their heartbeat racing, being breathless, 
uh, stomach aches. That was a really big one talking about how their stomach hurt or it felt kind of nervous inside with their stomach. Mm-hmm. Headaches was another one having a difficulty sleeping at night. Um, and then a couple of them said even they would have a lot of thoughts, but they couldn't form the words. Mm-hmm. They couldn't make the sentences because they just couldn't process in yeah. that moment. Uh, and then again, just a lot of worry, a lot mm-hmm. of worry, feel thoughts, or even feeling afraid mm-hmm. at the same time of having that anxiety. So those were a couple of things that, that were mentioned with symptoms and then how they are acting out mm-hmm. on those things. Yeah. Well, and you mentioned um, just having a lot of thoughts and not being able to put them all down. And first of all, I have to say that you have a gift. Um, you really do. Um, because I'm just reading through some of these different, You, the book is a 90-day devotional um, for everyone who's listening. But so each day you give just a verse and then a small devotional and then some, and you call it a stomp step, like stomp how to step. stomp out this anxiety and then a prayer, and then a journal piece. And one thing that I noticed about your writing and why I say you truly have a gift is because you come into it and you enter the space um, with so much gentleness. Um, And really, it just makes them feel very safe. Um, And then, but you don't like shy away from sharing like profound truth. And so one example, it was like day four, um, you're talking about... um, writing things down and you say it never really sounded fun to you at first, you know, like creating that safe space, but putting it down on paper, how helpful it was. And even just sharing that, you know, at first the words came out in a single line, single file, eventually sentences began to flow, just ink moving without the worry of punctuation or correct spelling felt freeing. And so just creating that very much like safe space. Okay. I don't have to get this just right to try this kind of thing. But then how it allowed you to feel lighter and then realize when you look back on those pages, seeing all the work that God has done and the victories that have taken place. And then you share that writing it out erases the path anxiety elephants are using against you. And I just thought that that was so powerful. And like each day there is something that I'm like, it is highlight worthy on each one. You know, it really is. Um, And you just give such very, practical tools of how they're going to do this. You know, maybe it's like recognizing their breathing. Um, Maybe it's the fun game of using their um, flashlights to recognize the light and shining the light in the darkness and all those different things. And so I would just encourage those who are listening who do have a child and that's coming to mind right now as we talk about anxiety that, you know, if the child would be interested in a devotional, then absolutely. And even if not, this would be such a great tool for you as the guardian to read through and then like integrate these ideas through your conversations with them. Um, Cause I know sometimes some children are maybe too cool for it <laughs> or whatever it may be, you know, but um, I think, I don't know. I was just even like the breathing one and stuff. I'm like, Oh, that's good for adults. Um, you know, it's the same tools. So that's right. And that for me, I wanted it in in just a prayerful way for it to be practical, easy things that they could do because Mm -hmm. dealing with anxiety, dealing with anxious thoughts and feelings is a process. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that ever leaves us, but I love that there's so much scripture that can combat those anxious thoughts and those feelings. And if they can learn 
you know, and I could talk forever about just how the brain functions and how you can build new pathways in the brain to respond to the anxiety, to respond to those feelings. And that by writing it down helps to do that. And it teaches the brain, oh, this is how I respond when those thoughts come. This is what I do when those feelings come. I take a breath or I write it down or or draw it because not everybody wants to write it down or these are my safe adults that I can talk to. And it's kind of letting the brain and body know at the same time, hey, here are healthy ways to respond to this. And the amazing thing about God is that he gave us that direction in his word long before all of these practical, healthy coping skills came out. He gave us truth to fit with that action. And that's what I love about the Bible. That's what I love that God did for us. He knew we knew what we were going to need long before we knew we needed it. And now we can meet our kids even earlier than what we got as adults to say, hey, I want to walk through this with you. I'm not going to always have the answers. I won't dismiss you in this, but I want to help you. I want to be here. I want to be that safe place for you. Um, and I love how you said adults can even buy it to just have that as a resource and just kind of begin to teach those things. And their kids may not even realize what they're doing in that. I think that's great idea. Right. Yeah. Just knowing your kid, knowing the temperature of the room, you know, yeah, what you're walking right. Yeah. Cause every kid's going to respond a little bit differently and whether they're open to that or not. Um, but it could still be a very helpful resource. Um, one other thing is your picture book, um, because it has released last summer and it's called, there's an elephant on my chest. And because Teaching kindergarten was one of my first loves. I just so absolutely love the message of this book, but also the illustrations are really fun. And it is such a good image because I, until I saw this in your book, I've never thought about anxiety being this like elephant on my chest. Um, but it really is that. And even like I, I experience it on a more mild form, but it's still, there are times where it just truly does feel like this elephant on your chest. And I mean, to help our kids, um, put, give them words to what they're feeling, I think is so powerful because um, sometimes they don't even know how to verbalize, especially young children, um, where this picture book would be more applicable to them is they don't really know how to say. A lot of times they know, I feel mad, I feel sad, I feel happy. You know, those are the three things they have. And so helping them even say, I feel like I have an elephant on my chest today um, is such a powerful tool for them. Um, but can you share just a little bit more um, about this so those with young children, they can help their these kids experience more of God's peace? Absolutely. And and I think we were meant to be friends because I did work with little little children, yeah. with preschoolers, and then on up. You know, I love that age group. And, and you're right. It gives them this visual of they have this heavy feeling on their chest. Maybe they're getting out of the car from car line to walk into school, right. you know, for the very first time, or they're riding the school bus for the very first time, um, you know, where they may feel that heavy feeling, that elephant at night when they go to sleep and they're, they're by themselves. And so it gives them this visual, this little girl in the book, her name is Allie, which as a side note, my youngest daughter's name is Allie. And she asked, she said, Mom, can the, can the little girl's name, can it be my name? I was like, sure, we'll use your name. But you see her walking through how this elephant comes back. It's back on her chest. And she thought he had left. And 
and she's sad and scared, but her mom comes in and she begins to share mm-hmm. and how the mom just encourages her that she did the right thing, you know, by telling her as a safe adult and her friends come in and it just gives kids earlier permission to not hide, to ask for help. You're going to see a school counselor in the book, a doctor in the book. She's going to be using different practical skills like talking to safe adults, um, using deep breathing, making a gratitude list, what she's thankful for. And throughout the book, you're going to see this elephant get smaller and smaller and smaller. And then at the end, you're going to have to buy the book to see what happens with the elephant on her chest. But it is just a beautiful way to watch our children. Kind of, This is how you do heavy feeling. And then at the end of the book, we have author notes at the end to say, hey, here's some symptoms that your child, your four to eight-year-old might experience. Here's some things that they might do when they feel anxious. And here are some activities as parents or as teachers that you can implement into your schedule, into your routine, into your home life to help them kind of learn how to respond to that elephant on their chest. Because when they do feel that heavy feeling, they might say, oh, that elephant's back. And then they're going to remember, what did Allie do? What did her and her friends do? And so that'll be a great way for them visually to begin to learn earlier how to respond to those anxious thoughts and feelings. And, and you know, early on, you, I know that you know this as well, they need help regulating those emotions. They need help to know how to respond. And so this picture book may be a great teacher as well to us as adults. Oh, here are some easy things that I can do that I can model. For them to see, this is how you respond to those heavy thoughts, those heavy emotions that you might have. So I, I love this book. It is a dream come true for me, and to know that the way we wrote it, it was not written with faith-based language, and that was intentional. So we could get it into public schools, so counselors could use it, teachers could use it, curriculum to be developed around it. Um, so very excited about it. I, I just, I love it so much. Well, and I'm so glad to hear you say that because just, I mean, listening to you describe the book, my teacher brain comes on and I'm just thinking, you know, bef- the first day of school in kindergarten, we would read, you know, first day jitters. And I'm like, this book should be in the lineup for it. Um, you know, and maybe if it's not like for teachers that are listening, um, bring this book into your library. Let this be one of those books that you um, share with kids and give them that vocabulary and, you know, those words that we talk about social stories a lot as teachers, but, you know, being able to like give them the words of like, oh, I have this elephant on my chest or, you know, even as a parent, maybe this is the book you read if your child is nervous about school, all those things you mentioned, or maybe it may be test anxiety, you know, third grader, um, multiplication test, that's scary. Um, oh, yeah. test, that's scary. And so let's talk about it in a way that they understand and use elephants. And, and also, I think it's so cool that you brought in the people that they are safe people to come to. Maybe it's the counselor, maybe it's the teacher, maybe it's um, the doctor, those different things, but um, really helping them. And like you said, modeling it. And as parents and adults that we can use this book to help us know how to, how to help them through this. And any kind of peace they experience, even though it may not be a faith language book, we know that peace comes from the Lord. And right. so you know, they're experiencing the Lord's presence through that as we help them through. So good. Yeah. And I love that he can give them peace, that it's not just for us as adults or the parents 
Mm-hmm. It's for them that he loves them and he wants them to know now they can come to him with every burden, every request, and he will listen and he will be there with them. And for them to just know that, to know that they have a heavenly father that truly loves them and cares about all their things. I think that can be powerful for our kids, especially right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, before we go, um, I want to ask, because I ask this at the end of every episode, if I'm on this journey, I'm just getting out of my comfort zone, trying new things. I started a YouTube channel called Let's Try That just to hold me accountable. And so is there something that you've done recently or that you plan to do um, just for the fun of it? So that's a good question. Recently, something that I did, I, I turned 40 not too long ago and I made a list of 40 things to do. Ride a horse was one. Yes. That was something. Your daughter. <laughs> she led me around on a lead line once. And I said, I'm, that's good. I'm done. <laughs> yeah. um, and then my husband and I, we uh, went in, up in a hot air balloon out in mm-hmm. Arizona. And I'm terrified of heights. So yeah, that's big then. Yeah. <laughs> tethered. Like we were just going soaring through the sky. It was beautiful. I'm so yeah. glad. Um, that I did that. But now you, you have me thinking, what do you need to do next? Yeah. So I need to come back to you and tell you what it is. Yes, that I need to do next. Those, uh, taking those risks, it was scary, but I'm so glad I did it. I would have missed out on, on some pretty amazing things. Absolutely. Yes. So, so cool. Well, everyone, let's choose to do more than just agree with Karis. Let's put this mustard seed of faith that we've gained today into action. We say it every week, but Jesus was not just inviting or he wasn't just asking his disciples to agree with him. He was inviting them to participate with him. And it's the same for us. And so let's think of a young tween or child in your circle who is feeling the weight of an anxiety elephant on their chest. And let's prayerfully consider stepping into that space with them, maybe with this book in hand, and consider sharing what you've learned um, with them today. The books are called Anxiety Elephants for Tweens, for Boys and for Girls, and There's an Elephant on My Chest. So Karis, thank you so much for sharing every all of your insights with us and just your gifts, and we're so blessed by you. Oh, thanks for having me. May we find strength in God's word to overcome the fear and anxiety running rampant in our world today. May we experience joy rather than defeat as we begin to put what God's word says about this into practice. And may the peace of Christ rule in our hearts, especially the young hearts around us. May we rest from worry, trusting Christ is with us and he is for us. And because of his light, darkness has not and shall not overcome us. The good life, well, it starts with a good day, then another, then another. Let's choose to live the good day, one day at a time.